Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze, discuss, and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. And I must be your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris? Here we go. It's Wednesday. Uh, yes. We are, uh, uh, neither of us are bruised from our argument from uh, from Monday, <laughs> so I think we're doing okay. We're still friends. Um, yes. So yeah, so we're talking about Minute 51 today of The Search for Spock. Minute 51 starts with the, uh, the Grissom comm officer saying, Sir, something is jamming our transmission. And ends a minute later with Torg saying, if it is prisoners you want, there are life signs on the planet. Ooh. Torg. Yes. Torg. Miss Torg. Is, is we have not seen the Klingons in quite some time, like for a good many minutes. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, I like, missed them. Like they've, uh, yeah, the Three Stooges. <laughs> I've missed them and their music. Yes. Whenever they oh, show definitely. Up, whenever they show yes. up, it's just, oh, James Horner goodness. <clears throat> so, um, as, on a whole of this minute, I love the, um, and this is partially because I'm really liking uh, Star Trek Discovery, and whenever we see the Klingons, they speak, speak in Klingon, and I like this minute because we do get a lot of Klingon. You like the Klingon language, do you? I don't know if I necessarily like it, but it, I think it immerses you more into when they're speaking their own language. Um, so, at the end of the minute, that's where I think I get I sort of question the choice there to make a change, mm. and we'll get there when we get there. But, okay. Uh, yep. Yep. Save it. So as far as our argument goes, <laughs> in terms of hearing the noise, I feel like the commoster sort of answers the question by saying, "Sir, something's jamming our transmission. An energy sort, an energy surge." So I feel like he sort of is saying, like, "Hey, there's something out there. If you didn't hear it already." Wait, wait, so you're saying, but no. So you're saying he's still not hearing the ship. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm still saying that no one is hearing that noise. That he is now saying, sir, something's tra tra jamming our transmission, an energy surge. And Esteban's like, locate. How does he know? Is he assuming they're being jammed? Or is he hearing the ship and he thinks they're being jammed? I think it's one of those things like when your <laughs> phone doesn't work. And you pick up the receiver, and you know sometimes when you pick up the receiver, you can hear your own voice when you hear the dial tone. I think he's picked up the receiver. There's no dial tone, and he can't hear anything. Okay. I think that's how he knows that there's jam they're jammed. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm totally. That's my. That's the way I sort of imagine it. That's well. I think that's a really great like. Okay, so you think jamming sounds like dead silence on the line? Yes. Versus that e -e 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 that noise. Yeah. Well, I go back to, um, what was it, Ohura, when she's like, you know, do you have anything? She's like, I got no nothing. You know, like mm. she's, yeah, you know, jammed at the source. That is my least favorite thing. So uh, my least favorite thing. When I'm, on, when I'm on the phone with somebody and you get put on hold, you know, sometimes you get hold music. Yes. Sometimes you get an advertisement or something. But there's some systems when you go on hold, it goes dead silent. Yes. It, it, you can't get any feedback from your own. You can't hear yourself talking or, and it sounds like the line went dead. Yeah. And that's like, Actually, the, yeah, that's the worst. 
I actually had that happen twice this week. Um, so I had called a my internet provider, and she was working, and I could hear her typing, but then suddenly it was silence, and I'm just sitting there going, hello? Hello? And she's like, oh, I'm still here. And I'm like, okay, well, it went silent for a minute, and I didn't hear anything, so I just want to make sure you didn't disconnect me. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right, exactly that. So I'm just going to be really quiet all for a second and see if I, you think I hung <clears> up on you. That's okay. I'll uh, I'll just take over. Oh, <laughs> I'm your one and only host, David Stoker. <laughs> uh, okay, so Esteban is, uh, again, he is with the directives. Locate. Yep. Go, locate. Uh, gr- again, great command. He is just man of few words, I guess. Mm. Uh, so I dig that. I'm going to get, I'm, I guess my, my Esteban, uh, uh, sadly, I'm uh, getting to like him more and more <laughs> as we go along. Well, because I think we're peeling that onion of what makes him tick, and I think as we find out that he's he's really not a good guy, that we're sort of like now we're sort of rooting for him because we want we want to find out more about this conspiracy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's that's what it is. Yeah, so I'm just digging him more and more, and he's evil, he's suspiciously evil. He's he's you know shifty shifty Esteban. Shifty Esteban, say that ten times fast. <clears throat> okay, so. so yeah, es- <laughs> Yeah, Esteban says, locate, and uh, the comm officer comes back quickly and says, sir, it's a stern. It's from a stern, Captain. And then that's when we we see what the noise has been all about. Right. We knew, right? That's We've heard we've heard the – I think we talked about it. That's the decloaking noise, right? That noise yes. is the, the cloak. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we get a nice shot of it starting to cloak. Not the best one. Mm. They've done better shots of it coming in, yeah. but uh, here's my question, though. So it it, de- it decloaks, starts to decloak, and then they cut to Esteban. Uh, is he looking out the back window? <laughs> he's right. He's leaning. He's leaning in. He's looking, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And to me, it, it's a perfect setup for that's. That's what you would do if you were looking out the window and you saw a ship materialize out of nowhere. Oh my god! Yeah, I because um, I can't quite play. Now that you totally say that, it <laughs> totally looks like he ran to the back of the bridge and is looking out the window. Yeah, because even the background in the shot, you can't quite tell where he is on the bridge. Yeah. It doesn't look familiar. Well, he doesn't look like he's at any sort of station or anything. It it literally looks like he's next to a window, mm-hmm. kind of peering out. Like, oh my god, someone's following us. He, he pulled open the blinds. We're in, we're in trouble. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's why I've always, I've always thought he's looking out a window here. So then we switch to um, an exterior shot of the bird of prey closing in on the Grissom and coming in right behind them. Yeah, with the stupid engine light. Yeah, you know, I, I I hearken back to when we were talking about like how great ILM did with like the interior of you know the Starbase and some of the shots of the chase with the Enterprise and the Excelsior, and I still don't think they got that some things they got some things really right and other things they just did not. Yeah. And I feel like the bird of play, bird of prey in this movie I think suffers a lot from their special effects. Because we talked about it before when, with the merchantman ship and how bad some of that stuff was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, this, the ship itself is still beautiful and everything. It's just the engine. It's really mm. just, it's super distracting. 
still right. super distracting. Yeah. <clears throat> so then we get to one of the biggest continuity mistakes in the history of Star Trek with the change in the bridge out layout, which I still I still absolutely hate the, the him sitting over the bridge and the way he is. It just ugh, I just um, don't like it. When you say continuity, you're talking about the continuity between three uh, Star Trek three and Star Trek four. Yes. Okay. And the, and the, and yeah, the, the bridge the completely bridge. is different yeah. when they, uh, you know, when yes. they take over the when things happen. I'm reminded my first uh, uh, impression of this shot. You know, we got Krug up on his throne, and you know, the mm. three there's three Klingons, you know, down below, and uh, just the the lighting and stuff. And it, they they remind me of the of the um, God, not trolls. What the heck are they? The dwarves from uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> just a little bit. Oh. The guy, so specifically, the the guy on the right and the guy over on the left. Yeah. They both have got the you know the long hair and long beards. And the lighting, it just, I'm like, oh, they look like dwarves. <laughs> Waiting for one of them to hold up their axe. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's so, all I got. So who's Krug supposed to be? I don't know. Not, nothing. It's just the front, the guys in the front. I'm just looking at the guys in the front. Is he Gandalf? And what is the, the have we talked about the ceiling? It looks like that it's inside weird... a circus tent. <laughs> <laughs> that weird color, coloration. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah I don't know. I, again, this is not one of my favorite sets. No, I know, In fact, I, know. I think it's one of the my least favorite sets. I just don't like the way it looks. It's your least favorite set? Oh wow. Uh, one of them. I have to think. I'd have but, to think. I'd have to think about that a little bit. Like, what my least favorite set in the in the movie is? This are you talking about in the movie? I think in in the continuity of the six films, I think this definitely is one of my least favorite. Obviously, notwithstanding the um, Excelsior. The fake the fake Genesis, the Excelsior <laughs> okay. Bridge, um, some of the scenes in Star Trek V. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on and on. The list goes on. Um, I don't. Anyway. I don't. I don't mind this. I I don't mind the set. I never. I, I, the Excelsior it, is far more offensive to me. Oh, I oh I. I agree that that one's bad. I think for me, it's because I really like voyage home and i do like the layout of the ship in that i always end up comparing this to that and i just realize how stupid this looks compared to that <laughs> and that's why i make that that claim is that this is one of the least favorites because i really like the other one i like the layout i like how it's set up i like that movie more than this one so again i think i'm sort of biased by what i'm saying yeah, clearly all those the sum of all those things makes that movie Good for you. I got it. I got yes. it. Okay, so we've got some. Uh, we got some. Uh, we were talking about a little bit offline that for, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of action in this minute, but there's also a lot of dialogue, and yeah. and now we've got all this uh, awesome uh, Klingon dialogue. Yeah, great, great Klingon dialogue. So Krug, uh, he's uh, communicating directly to the gunner. Mata dosh, jantane. Which is basically saying, uh, "Gunner, target engine only." So they want to take them alive. Sure. Prisoners. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was hoping you were gonna do the the, the Klingon. <laughs> I, I didn't want to ask for it, but I'm glad you did it. You do you, you do a great job with your Klingon. I try. Uh, so then there's a there's a cutaway, an odd cutaway to me. To, to 
they bring us back down to the uh, the, the planet planet and yeah. you know Sav is like captain what is happening what how did how does she know anything's happening at, at all did, did so i wonder if they had her on cuz back in the previous minute he had said stand by right um well, all the same, I'm going to advise Starfleet and get instructions. And, you know, and then he says to her, stand by on this channel. So my guess is the channel is open. Oh, she's hearing everything? And she's hearing everything going on. Uh, and then, yeah, she's like, Captain, what is happening? Uh, we are under attack. Stand by for evasive. Do you think um, when those channels are open, so... Mm. Uh, and she can hear what's going on. What does it sound like to her? Does it sound like, you know, did she, did she hear everything like like she was there on the bridge? You know, just like she, or she's talking to Esteban, obviously. Does, does everything sound right. like that to her? Or does it sound like Esteban's got the phone, you know, up against his shoulder and he's yelling into the back? Like, hey, what? So call Starfleet and it's all muffled and stuff. You know, does she? she... <laughs> I love how we're trying to work in, like real world things like <laughs> what is what is a uh, jamming sound like oh it sounds like when you're on the phone and there's dead air oh well, what is uh what does it sound like when she's talking to esteban and she's on open channel oh it sounds like he took the phone away from us and he's shouting down to the i'm going to try and figure out how to, a way to get a rotary dial into a reference to a rotary dial into, the, into this episode so <laughs> let's keep going <laughs> So, all right. So she's, what is happening? And Esteban knows that we are under attack. So kudos to Esteban answering her question and giving an order. Right. Like, I would just completely ignore her and like stand by verbasive. Like, yeah. uh, not even stand by. Shouldn't you at that point say, evasive, go. Yeah. I would be like, we're under attack. Uh, we'll be back for you. Yeah. Um, we're uh, go to warp. Yeah. Let's get out of here. So, so this goes back to – so I'm going to go way back to the very beginning of uh, Rathacon and you know when Savick is taking the Kobayashi Maru. Yep. And um, they go in and you know the trap is sprung and the Klingons are there. And she says to Sulu, she says, uh, get us out of here, you know, warp speed. And he's like, I'm trying. Like, right. What do you mean trying? Here, it's, I feel like it's the same thing. We're under attack. Stand by for evasive. Well, is the moment you go, once they figure out that it's a Klingon, they go to red alert. They go to battle station. There should be no standing by at this point. It should be no, yeah. well, I need warp speed. Well, I'm trying. No. At this point, red alert has happened. We are ready to either warp out, go to battle, or, you know, or whatever. Like, there's no way... I just don't – for me, I feel like they are very ill-prepared when it comes to the battle scenario. Kirk is the only one trapped notwithstanding with Khan. Mm. He seems to be ready for <laughs> the battle where these people you know, in Savic to a lesser extent are – they seem to be ill-prepared for it. Well, we uh, – I forget – have I, – I, yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I wonder if <clears throat> it's – I, I, I apologize. I don't know if we talked about it or not. Mm. Uh, you know, this is a Grissom. It's a science vessel, um, right? Do and we I even know what they have capability of. Can, can they? Can they fight? Well, they have to. They have to have at least some shielding, and they have to have at least some basic warp drive. I mean, they have the nacelles, so they have to have warp drive. Sure, but do they have weapons? I would. 
I would think maybe minimal armaments, maybe phasers, or maybe like, you know, one torpedo tube. Yeah. But I I would think at least, you know, if we're under attack, I would be like, go to warp speed, we'll be back for you, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, floor it, yeah, just go. You know, and and then contact Starfleet. Like, if they're being jammed, get out of there, and then come back. Right. And did someone else, do we, I don't know, clearly my memory is shot. Mm. Uh, why are there not, why, if this is a science vessel uh, doing its thing, you know, uh, surveying the planet, there's no other starships in in the system to, say, play that to role of, them? Uh, yeah, like a guardian? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we ever, I don't know if we ever talked about it, but it's, it's, this is, again, this is one of those things where they're, I think they're ill-prepared. I get that it's a science vessel and you're, you're examining the planet and you need to do your thing. However, we've already established this is one colossal blunder that everyone knows about it. Yeah. So why not have another ship? Right. Why, is, why isn't the Excelsior just there? Right? Yeah. Well, they could, have, they could have sent it out a few days early to, I don't know. There's a lot of, well, you know, if, I always find when there's a big disaster, you mm. know, and I'll just say big disaster, little disaster. When this, something goes wrong and you like take a step back and say, well, why did that thing, why did that go wrong? And right. you look at, you look at like the events that led up to it. It's always like a series of things, right? It's, it's rarely just one catastrophic thing that happened. It's usually like, mm. well, you know, I forgot to leave a message on the phone and I, and I didn't call someone and I, yep. but, you know, it's like a series of things and it led up to, and then, you know, the Grissom got destroyed. <laughs> So this could be exactly that. Well, Starfleet didn't think they needed to put uh, any defense, you know, any other ships in the area. And we True. Didn't, you know, we, the, the ship we did send, you know, doesn't have any weapans or we're assuming it doesn't have, you know, it's, it's like a, it's that series of things. So it's a mm. uh, series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Right. Um, I have another question. Yes. Uh, we are under attack. Stand by for evasive. So we've talked about this. We've talked about the ships, right, mm. uh, many times, and how much we love them, and we compare them to these you know, ocean-going vessels. Uh, and I think we've even just talked about it when the Enterprise was 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 backing out of space dock, and right. it had to do the three-point turn before it could, you know, actually pull away from space dock after it got through the, the space doors. Uh, these things, these starships. What is an evasive maneuver with these starships? They they're so they always seem to be so they plod and they they're slow right. and uh, I don't get it. I think they're just doing a zigzag, you know, serpentine. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, I know that like I, I think we get a better idea of how they handle these things, like particularly in the next generation they do a lot of like you know evasive maneuvers you know Riker Delta 5 and you know the ship does a, you know a high bank or goes down or whatever and yeah and I don't like that it's I that's one of the things that, that's one of my pet peeves about the next generation is that uh, the all these ship well, one I, one like again I'll use, I'll use the Borg attack again one mm. all, all of a sudden all the starships are like on the screen at once right they're all one place like oh my god I've, I've never seen so many all in one place and then two yep. they're all like spinning and zipping around and doing loop-de-loops and all sorts of, you know, barrel rolls and like, how, 
how come these ships can do this and the Enterprise can never do that? The line couldn't <laughs> do that. They were all, you know, it was like, doo, 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 you know, it's all very slow and methodical. And um, so that, that, I always found that distracting in, mm. in the next generation. They, in, they that, in that particular instance, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think more of like um, when they did the reboot, J.J. Um, Abrams did the reboot and they um, the Enterprise warps into – uh, where the the battle had happened, where um, the bad yeah. guy—I forget what the bad guy's name is—Neo. Um, and Nero. you know Nero. they're they're sort of sifting through the rubble, and then it sort of you know Sulu does like that flip. Even that sort of flip, when they do the barrel roll, it's very slow and very methodical. Where it's not like a quick quick like you know airplane barrel roll. Yeah. I feel like they understood like he understood the mass and what you're trying to do, and that it's just not something you can just zip around. Right. So that's yeah. Uh, anyway, I, this, I guess I'm complaining a lot this minute. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so evasive. I don't get yep. it. Uh, and then we cut back to the bridge, uh, the bird of prey bridge. Yep. Can I do this one? You can do it. Krug says, "Bach, fire, fire." That's my first Klingon word, and still, 50 minutes into this uh, movie, <laughs> the only Klingon I know, Bach. And then uh, we get what I'm going to say is a bigger explosion than the Genesis planet (laughs) (laughs) when the Grissom goes up. Because that is a pretty darn big explosion because it's not even one explosion. It is a series of explosions. It's like the photon, the torpedo hits, boom, then another one, boom, and then the even bigger boom. It's like a cascading effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of a little ridiculous. Um, and it also, I don't like the way it starts because it starts like, like behind the crystal, like the, you know, the way they put it all together, put the shots together of the explosion and the grissom. It looks like the grissom is flying through the explosion. You don't see the grissom like breaking apart or anything. So again, we have praised ILM for their fantastic work. And then we have hit them when it does not appear they yes it literally you can see the explosion and then the grissom is like flying through the explosion right you almost half expect when the explosion is done that the grissom's going to come flying through the other side right yeah so maybe they had like the ilm interns do this shot yeah i didn't particularly care for this uh the size of the explosion i feel like and then the fact that there's no debris or no right yeah yeah, yeah, it's decisions, right? Because again, they, when, they, when they blew up the merchantman, uh, mm. they did a great job with showing all the debris because the bird of prey f- flew through it, and then the debris kind of followed it and was all on fire. And you know, right? You set my expectations when you do stuff like that. I'm like, great, that's what I'm going to see from now on. I see the bl- things blow up and chunks flying around. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Sigh. Mm. So then, uh, crew gets super PO'd. Kama poo, Jantanay. I wanted prisoners. And then uh, the Klingon gunner turning around, very surprised, and saying, Bacht, kach, a lucky shot, sir, which I think it's actually literally translated as a fortunate mistake. Oh, okay. And then uh, crew whips out his uh, disruptor pistol, I believe. Mm-hmm. And. Um, he says, Hadi Bach, 
or Hadi Bak, in which he calls him an animal, and then promptly disintegrates him. <laughs> uh, one of the, would you say, one of the best um, deaths by phaser or disruptor? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> this poor guy, like, ah, this is giving me a headache, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty gruesome. I think when I, it, it, it looks very painful. Yeah, and I think about when Terrell, uh, you know, shot himself and he, <clears throat> he vaporized, yep. but he kind of vaporized in one big chunk. This guy is like, you know, falling apart. So back when. Um... When Krug says, I wanted prisoners, um, the the gunner, the guy to the right of him, yeah. knows he's dead. <laughs> he gives him the he gives him the sideline on glance and's like, sorry, buddy, you're uh, you're dead. You're out. He knows what's about to happen. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's Gimli, right? That's yes. Yeah. And I guess. Um, upon viewing this and reading some of the notes on this particular, you know, scene, um, a lot of the scenes were, uh, a lot of the dialogue was actually in Klingon. Mm-hmm. Like they actually, the, the character says it, it's not dubbed, but for some reason when Krug says, you know, uh, he says, Hadi Bach, actually Christopher Lloyd said the word animal and they dubbed over his Klingon in that particular one. Oh really? Okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Which I found quite interesting. Well, this is where <clears throat> maybe this was. You had this question at the beginning of the yeah. episode. Was that now they switch to English, right? And so it was the, the animal, smart, smarty, smarty pants, Torg, uh, sir. May I suggest? Yeah. So I don't know if it was. That's when they were supposed to switch, and then you know, um, Nimoy made the decision to um, to change it. But I don't understand, and you know, I, I sort of alluded, like I said, alluded this at the beginning of the minute. I don't understand the change from at that moment to change to Torg saying, "Sir, may I suggest?" I, I don't understand why we're now hearing them in English, unless it's part of a larger. They don't want to do subtitles anymore. Before I answer that, I just like that you make Torg sound like a nerd. He totally does. He totally sounds like Data, like. <laughs> Sir, may I suggest? He needs a, a big, you know, glasses he can push up on his nose. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to quite answer your question, <clears throat> other, other than that, just one. You know, this happens in all kinds of movies where you get a foreign language, then they switch to yeah. English. And um, one of my favorites, I think, is really well done, was the Hunt for Red October. Yeah, when the uh, I believe it's Sean Connery. It's the captain, right? He's reading from the Bible, and he's re- you know yes. he's, re- he's reading it in Russian, and the camera kind of like zooms in on his face, or slowly zooms in on his face, and then when it gets you know just so close, then he all of a sudden he he's speaking in Russian, and then the camera pulls right. back to where it started from, and all of a sudden, oh, now we're in English. So I thought it was a really, I always thought that was a really subtle, I mean subtle, not subtle, but a good way of kind of easing you into it rather than being a very abrupt like this one, uh, right. And is your are are you tainted now? So we are, you know, we're we are in Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Time, right? This is now Discovery's been on the air for a few months, and yep. uh, are you are you tainted now that we're seeing Klingons on that show just 
mostly speak Klingon and get we get subtitles? Are you are you starting to get it? Starting to expect that now? Is that tainting how you feel about these minutes? I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily tainting it, but I but I do enjoy that Discovery has made the Klingon speak Klingon, and we get the subtitles. I know for some people I've read you know on Twitter that they don't necessarily care for that, um, but I but I really I really enjoy it. I will say. It, it, and maybe I am, maybe I am tainted a little bit. Uh, former guest of the show, my darling wife Candace, hates the Klingon speaking. <laughs> In Klingon, she's like, "Oh my God, when are they going to stop talking?" <laughs> and it's it's very the language is so you know abrupt and rough, and it's it right. is it is a little tough to listen to. Um, but she drives up the wall. She's like, "Oh my God, the Klingons are on!" They, uh, so she she likes it when they when they do switch to English when they're talking to Starfleet people. Um, so all of this was getting back to you. You were asking. I think you asked the question of why did they why did did they decide now and here they were going to switch to English? Right. Yeah. I don't know because they could have just easily done it when um, when they start interacting with uh, Kirk and company. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you could have finished the next little bit, yeah. And yeah, and I, but I, but I also think using Torg as the first one. Actually, are we right? Is this the first time they've spoken English in the whole film? Did they speak? Was it all Klingon before? I believe so. I don't. When we, so we only see them for a few minutes, and yeah. uh, I think it's around minute ten, minute nine and ten. We sort of see them. Uh, you know, Valkris is speaking to Krug. And, That's right. He, um, he responds. Everything he responds to is in, is in Klingon. And then, uh, yeah, even on the bridge, I think everything, even you know, the little the feed me joke or the feed him joke, is in Klingon. Yep. Yeah, I believe everything in that minute, those couple of minutes, like nine, ten, and eleven, I think are all in Klingon. That just makes me. I, 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 I like that again. I'm because I'm enjoying Star Trek Discovery. Mm. I mean, I, I like the. Like oh okay so the Klingons spoke all, we're all speaking Klingon through most of this film too, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, wh- where I was going though, I think they they could have made a better decision. Uh, I think rather than having Torg be the first one to speak English, I think mm. it would been, that would have been a, a nice touch of having uh, Krug say "animal" in English as that kind of first moment. So, and that goes back to what you said. Maybe the original decision was for him to say "animal" in English, mm-hmm. and then or to respond saying, sir, may I suggest um, why they changed it? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good minute. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we finished the minute off with uh, sir, may I suggest, and then Krug whipping the pistol towards Torg and saying, say the wrong thing, Torg. Yeah. Make my day. <laughs> Like that's what I'm. That's what I interpret there is make my day. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, God, the the the, the disruptor is almost you know pointing into the camera and yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm only going to picture that in the future. Go ahead. But then Torg very calmly, if it is prisoners you want, there are life signs on the planet. You know, very super calm. Like he does not even look like he has a blaster in his face. Yeah. That to me says. Uh, Torg is used to that, and he's always mm. getting, Krug is <laughs> always, always pulling, getting... always pulling the gun in his face. Um, good job, Wesley. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. 
Yes. <laughs> He's always getting that. Or just or just Torg is the coolest Klingon ever. Maybe. Yeah. Unfazed by this kind of reaction. So kudos to Torg in this minute. Yes. <laughs> Staying calm under pressure. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, uh, I don't have any other notes for this minute. How about you? I am I am good, man. All right. Well, cool. Let's wrap it up, and uh, we will come back again on Friday. And um, in the meantime, uh, why don't you guys head on over to uh, tpublic.com and uh, check out some of the swag we have. We've got uh, some T-shirts and stickers and all sorts of fun stuff from the show. Um, every purchase that you make uh, uh, helps out the show a little bit, helps keep the lights on here at Star Trek Minute. And we will be back on Friday with Minute 52 of the Search for Spock. Here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye.